Our guest this week is Fraser Robison, a self-storage investor who got started just a little less than two years ago. And in that time, he has purchased five storage facilities in the Pacific Northwest. He's since sold two of those facilities and self-manages the three remaining facilities. On this episode, we talked to Fraser about how he found his way into storage, how he purchased his first facility by partnering with his brother, the ways in which he manages the day-to-day operations of his three facilities, and how he has become TikTok's self-storage star. I'm Neil. And I'm Brittany. And this is The Road to Family Freedom. Before we begin this week's show, I'd like to make you an offer, a free 30-minute call with me. We've been doing weekly chats with other real estate investors for months now, and the response has been great, but we're going to change things up a bit and focus. We are buying self-storage facilities. We have a great partner in North Carolina with a great track record of success, a background in construction, and we're partnering up to help him expand his portfolio. If you have an interest in learning more about investing in self-storage, on the active side, on the passive side, whatever your level of interest, we want to talk to you. There's no pitch here. We're not selling a coaching program. This is just a chance for us to network with other investors interested in self-storage. Also, if you're a current self-storage owner, we'd love to chat with you and perhaps have you as a guest on our show. If all that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash self-storage call and schedule a call there. I look forward to speaking with you. All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom. Rachel Robinson, welcome to the road to family freedom. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, you know, we were just telling you before, uh, we got started that we've been ta- we've been stalking you on TikTok. Um, <laughs> my wife and I are, are that rare, uh, over the age of 30 couple. I, of course, I think the demographic is growing yeah. quickly. Yeah, I think that's now a stereotype that it's only Gen, <laughs> Gen, uh, Gen, Gen Z. Gen y. Uh, but we watch you on TikTok. That's how we discovered you. Awesome. Um, so before we get, I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. I'd like to get into that, uh, at the end, but, uh, tell us how you, uh, found yourself, uh, getting into self-storage. Okay. Awesome. Well, a little bit about myself. I'm also a real estate agent. And so that's kind of how I got in the mix of real estate and looking at real estate properties, came across a self-storage facility, uh, which I then sent up to my brother who is an has a private money fund and I'd send him properties here and there and I asked him if he had any investors interested in it. And so he actually messaged me back on that one and he said, Hey, I I'm actually interested in it. So, okay, great. So I was looking to help him out as a real estate agent in purchasing it. So we started the process and as we got into more, he realized he's going to be farther away and he'd like to have someone, uh, you know, in person managing it. It's his first go around with things. And so he asked if I would manage it. And so I said, yeah, awesome. So what we did is we worked out a deal where I had a percentage of equity and then also being paid as the manager. And so that's how we moved forward with it. So that's how I got involved with it. And then him and I became partners on the on our first facility. Gotcha. Um, had you ever dealt with commercial real estate before at all? I'm trying to think. Yes. Um, I had dealt with uh, commercial real estate, I think. Um, Okay. That was the first one, actually. <laughs> We've done multiple. So I had to think of uh, where in line it was, but that was the first commercial property I had done. 
Gotcha. So uh, it's a little, it's a little different, you know, for those of you who are not familiar with, you know, the difference between residential and commercial real estate. Um, was there a bit of a learning curve for you as far as figuring out that, Oh, okay. The way we value this is not comps. It's, you know, cap rate and NOI. Yeah, that took, that took a little bit. And I had been kind of learning that as we, I had been looking at uh, commercial properties before, but I hadn't done a contract into it. And then as far as like, taking apart the contract and all that, it was just sitting down and studying and reading it and understanding what needed to go along with it when we put in an offer. So. Gotcha. Um, you wanna- well, can you tell us a little bit more about that first facility, how you found it, some of the details? Yeah. So it was on the MLS um, for those who don't know, or Northwest MLS, basically that's what the real estate agent has access to um, the platform there. So looking, came across it, um, and just started looking at the property more and realizing this seems like it's a really good deal. Um, and so that's how I came across it initially and then dove into it more there. So it was on the residential MLS. It was on, it, it was on the MLS, but it was on the commercial tab portion of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now every once in a while you will come across some, you know, a, a sort of what we call a resumercial uh, real estate agent who has, you know, ha- whose friend has come to them to say, you know, Hey, will you help me sell my self storage facility? And they'll, they'll literally put it on, you know, on a residential <laughs> MLS, you know, it's just uh, funny. You run across things like that. Um, and uh, how much, what was the purchase price? Uh, so the purchase price was 1.1 million. Okay. Um, and then we had to do 25% down and that sort of thing. And then you, did you bring your own, uh, money to that deal or did you, were you able to bring in investors? So on that first one, um, my brother, he put up most of the down payment and I put up a small portion of 19,500 of it. Okay. So he, uh, and you had to come in with uh, 25%, correct? Yes. Okay. So a little over $250,000. Right. And we financed the rest of that one through a bank or a local credit unit. Gotcha. Um, and then um, how many, what was the square footage? That one has about um, 12 to 14,000 square feet. I give the wide range cause I'm trying to remember the exact number. Um, and then that one had 140 units 140. or 144. It, it varies when we combine units and that sort of thing. Gotcha. And then, uh, you have been self-managing it from the very beginning. So I first, we, we took on a lot of facilities, um, pretty quickly. We bought about five facilities within about nine months. So yes, I was self-managing it right at the beginning. And then, uh, as we built more, I ended up getting some other people involved or another person involved caretaker role to help out with some of the needed tasks. Gotcha. And then, um, did you, I'm trying to, oh God, I all of a sudden lost my question. Um, you did you have a question? Go? Look, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, what was your strategy maybe on this first one, but you can also, um, you're welcome. Um, for, for the, yes, I am learning. Um, for this first one, but I'm curious if it's kind of gone through with your, your other ones as well, the strategy for, um, increasing. So, you know, were you doing value add, um, you know, what were you doing to increase the value? 
increase the value of that facility. Um, Basically, we we looked at it when we looked at the property, we knew uh, after doing market research, going and visiting all the surrounding storage facilities, you know, calling them on the phone, visiting them and talking to them in person. We knew that the facility was probably about 40% below market value as far as what the units were renting at. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was a huge potential for rent increases. That was one big thing. There was no electronic gate, so we knew we could add an electronic gate. That would help. Um, There wasn't any security cameras, so we could add those. Um, The facility itself was, like, in pretty good shape. So there was just a few of those types of things. Um, And then we also learned more when we going going to the Las Vegas um, convention, the ISS conference, too. Mm -hmm. And so just how to be a little more aggressive in that way. But those were some of the key factors of what we knew we could increase. Um, to improve the revenue and the worth of the facility overall. Was there a, uh, was there any competition in the market? Um, as far as like other storage facilities in the area? Yes. yes. There's probably, we compete in probably about a three mile radius and there is off the top of my hand one, two, there's probably about six or so other storage facilities that we're competing with in that city. Gotcha. Is there any other sort of opportunity that you saw that made you sort of feel confident that it was the kind of facility that, you know, for a first facility you could go in and and buy and be successful? Um, that I didn't have a ton to compare it to um, because I hadn't owned storage before, let alone really hardly any other real estate. So no, it just, to me, what made me confident in it was that we could increase the rate. Uh, we had so much margin to be able to increase the rates mm-hmm. um, that that was confidence in and of itself that you could raise it literally even just every single unit, $10 and boom, there you go. Even though there was much, much more than that. Some of the units were even like a hundred dollars below what the market was asking for. So in, in the individual unit sizes. Yeah. Are your facilities mostly, um, you know, in, do you have someone on site or are you able to do like check-ins and, and rent via the internet or. So currently right now, um, (laughs) we recently sold two of them. So I used to have five, but just have three right now. And so I have a main office in one city and then the other two are technically satellite. And so I office out of one place. Um, and people will send their payments in or they can come to that office as well. Um, that's kind of how it's handled. But in general, um, the facilities are mostly un they're mostly unmanned, correct? Correct. Mm, yeah. Because, and that's also based to me traveling to all the storage facilities on a day-to-day basis. So I may not be in the office, but people can always reach me by phone or text because I'll have a business cell phone with me. Yeah. yeah. So you're doing most of the managing yourself. Everything. Okay. Yeah. Everything right now. Yeah. 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 Your uh, some of your your most popular TikToks are when you clean out the the self storage units <laughs> and it's sort of the storage wars moment where you know you cut the lock off and you get the surprise to find out what's inside. Um, what's the strangest thing you've ever found when cutting the lock? PG PG thirteen. <laughs> uh, I found a box of needles once and that was uh, not fun to have to deal with because you don't want you don't know what would spin on them you don't want to cause infection so that that's probably the, the worst yeah. thing I guess <laughs> yeah. um, and then are you um, uh, 
are you, did you, were the facilities uh, being advertised online when you bought them? Were there, I mean, were they, did they have websites? Did they have online advertising, things like that? So one of the opportunities that we often see with some of these mom and pop owners is they've built it and then they basically just kind of let it sit and it makes money. They don't really care. And uh, so sometimes the opportunity is to come in and, you know, just Actually modernize it. advertise it <laughs> rather than just have people drive by and go, oh. <laughs> right. Uh, each of the facilities, they varied, but the very first one, it did have a online presence, but it was a like basically one page landing page thing. And that was it. And it just kind of, you know, talks about the facility a little bit and advertises, hey, we, you know, we don't do admin fees or, or their little catch phrase or whatever, but not really much, but more, more than some. So it, it just, yeah, yeah, it wasn't much there at all. And that's something that we've come in and improved as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and so you have added, uh, have you added the ability to uh, pay online and, and book a unit online? Yes. Uh, we, people are able to pay online. Uh, they can reserve a unit online. We're getting close to where people can actually fully rent the unit online. Takes a, that's a little bit of a different process that's integrated into the website. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, we just recently, uh, got done. We rented a storage facility for about three months here in Las Vegas. It was class A, you know, big, uh, life storage kind of thing, but they, uh, it was interesting. They, um, when you went in, they would have a little bag sitting in there, uh, with a, sort of a welcome note and a lock. Uh, and that was kind of the way that they basically made it so that a manager didn't have to, you didn't have to go in and get a lock and, you know, uh, you didn't have to lock dispenser and things like that. Is there anything that you're doing to kind of, um, make the rental process easier. And so you, you can be less involved. Yeah. So I'm able to run out, uh, units a hundred percent, uh, from anywhere I am. And so I will have them, we'll fill out everything electronically. I'll get their information over the phone. And then I'll also send them lease and, you know, it could be the 10 insurance form, auto pay form, whatever that we've discussed in that moment, uh, for them to electronically sign and then obviously take payment over the phone. And so that all of that is done a hundred percent. Um, over the phone or online for the most part. And then as far as renting out a unit, a lot of times, sometimes I'll use the padlock seals, the little yellow things where they can just break and get into the unit. Uh, but something that I'm going to go back to, and I've changed systems here and there where I've used coded locks on the unit where they can just remove it. Mm -hmm. Some of the problem with that is that they will just end up leaving it on there. And that increases my liability because I know the code because they don't tend to change it or they don't know how. And so something that I'm actually going to be implementing too is part of um, basically part of getting people to come into the facility and, and rent even more is give them a free lock and advertise that. And so when they open up the unit, it'll be the coded lock that's on the unit, but inside the unit there will be a packaged lock that they will just be able to have and so they'll just swap it and they'll drop the uh coded lock into our drop box gotcha that seems like a great idea um what percentage of of your rentals would you say are renting online versus picking up the phone and calling you um i would say we're probably because we can't really rent online it's just reserving i would say about 15 percent is reserving online. And then the other 85 is, is actually calling me. Some people will try to stop in the office, but I'm not there. They end up calling anyway. So yeah. That makes sense. 
So I would oh, go ahead. I would think that I would think it would increase a huge amount more that people would rent online, and it'll also capture those reserved people that I can't get a hold of when they go and reserve it, and then they like kind of go MIA some of them. So I think if I had that rent online, it will capture even more, and the rentals will increase. Kind of. So you just it's like really just the payment system that you don't have in place. We have the payment in the system where they, if they're already a tenant, they can pay. But as far as like signing the lease where it'll automatically pop up to them online. And so, and going through the whole process without talking to me, yeah. um, we're in the, we're in the works of getting that set up and hopefully it'll be set up here soon. Yeah. <laughs> so you had five, you said you just sold a couple. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you planning to buy more or are you kind of... Yeah, I eventually I plan to buy more right now. We're just trying to build a really strong foundation, creating our own in-house management system. Um, but yeah, I plan to more, buy more. When you decide to start back up again, what is your process for finding the facilities? When I start, look, I'm always kind of looking at the facilities somewhat passively, uh, seeing what's out there in different States and in my local area. Um, but when I do, I, I look online first. I'll look at LoopNet. Um, I'll look at other real estate company websites, especially ones that are focused on self-storage. You know, big big companies like Marcus and Millichap and that sort of thing. Argus self-storage. Um, and then I also have relations with real estate brokers who specialize in self-storage, and that's all they do. And so it's reaching out to them, seeing what they have. And then also throughout the industry, you just network and you connect with people. And so I'll also mention, Hey, I'm looking kind of in this sort of state. Um, you know, let me know if you have anything that comes up, you know, cause we may jump sooner than we're necessarily looking to, or, or that sort of thing, but just always being open in that way. That's kind of my searching process. Yeah. So right now you're really centered in a spot where you can go to all of them physically, but you are looking out of state. Yeah, these are smaller. Um, and so one thing I'm looking at doing is continually growing into bigger facilities. So it may be something where uh, the, after these ones get to the point where I want them to do, we sell it and we do a 1031 exchange into a bigger facility. That's kind of my thinking right now and continue growing from there. Gotcha. Um, one of the great benefits of once you buy, first of all, my compliments to you, you know, you, you epitomize one of the things that we, we preach to a lot of people, which is, um, don't try to understand everything there is to know about, uh, a strategy before you get started. You can't ever know everything. You're, you know, you just got to get started. Just do it. You're going to learn yep. all, all the way. You're going to make mistakes. You know, um, you bought a 140 unit, you know, 14,000 square foot facility. I mean, of course it was not a lot of people might balk at the million dollars, but it still wasn't some massive $4 million facility. Um, and you sat down and you learned how to do it. Um, what, uh, what advice for you would you have for somebody, you know, who's, who's maybe looking to get into storage and, and, uh, uh where would they start? So that's a great question. Um, do you- one second. Sorry. Watch your show. <laughs> we all have family, right? Yes, uh, we do. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that, uh, let me see if I remember. Where would you start um, if you were looking to get into self-search, correct? Yep. So I would say a big common misconception is something that I learned early on from a great mentor um, slash also my brother, who's been a huge mentor to me in my life was don't focus on 
uh, the money and how you're going to purchase it, but focus on finding the property first. And so that's the, the first thing is find the property and then the money. And it can be counterintuitive because if you don't have the money, how are you going to buy the property? And it's almost a, which comes first chicken or the egg. But if you find the prop, if you don't have a good property and you're trying to look for investors, then investors don't have a product to look at. They just go, great. Yeah, I do want to invest in self-storage. What do you have for me? but you have nothing. Okay. We'll come back to me when you go. So it was pointless to go to them. You can always find investors. There was, there's people that want to invest in that sort of thing that may take a little bit of, you know, more legwork, but that would be what I'd say is find a property, understand the basic terms of a commercial real estate with the cap rate and a little, you can easily Google this stuff and get an idea on how to analyze a facility. And then as a lot of people will do when they message me through community or on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, they'll just ask me questions. And that's what I would do. I talk to people who are involved in the industry. Most people are willing to help you out. I still ask questions and I don't have anybody that's like, Hey, don't talk to me. Uh, time for you. You're an idiot. If you don't know it, then get out of the industry. That just doesn't happen. So I would say people that are looking to get into it, start looking for properties that make sense. What it is that you're trying to find something really close to you, something satellite, a big facility, whatever. Just start looking. Gotcha. Um, so uh, you're huge on TikTok, as we as we mentioned. Um, which for our listeners, like we said, who are under the age of 30, you know, it's a short form video over sharing app. Over the age app. of 30. Over, over the age of 30. Okay. Sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> all the, all the under, under the thirties that's who's on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Theoretically. I mean, I think that that's, it's now being populated, but I'm, I follow people from like every age. I think I follow a 15 year old who's incredibly smart in politics up to some 67 year olds that are also kind of mostly into politics actually. But then there's a few in there that are like weird, like old lady who's angry <laughs> or like couple that are like boomer couple or whatever. I don't know. There's some funny ones on there, but, um, but yes, most of the people are under 30 theoretically or were anyway, so go ahead. For our audience who maybe has never seen TikTok, they've only heard that it's a Chinese plot, uh, to destroy America. Can you describe for us very quickly <laughs> what, uh, what it is? Uh, yeah, I think you hit it right on, right on the head. I would say that TikTok is like a small video version of YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. but it's just really more explosive short 15 to 60 second videos is about what people are post. And that's the max you can go is 60 seconds anyways. Um, and it's really just people, uh, showcasing. There's a lot of musical ability on there, dancing, singing. And that's kind of how it first started a lip syncing. It started out as musically and then turned into TikTok. Um, and now I, I see more and more people showing their skills, documenting things. There's tons of people that show you, you know, how to cook certain recipes mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And so it's actually become well, I, a very educational platform. I learn a ton of things on their DIY stuff. When it comes to real estate, you can learn all sorts of, there's a lot more people that are in general real estate things on there. Um, and so you just kind of see that more and more. It's yeah. So it's a really good entertaining and educational app, especially when you've just got a few minutes or whatever, and you just yeah. want to like decompress, like you guys said <laughs> in the beginning for a few minutes or a few yeah. hours, <laughs> you yeah. can just sit on there and it's, it's uh, it will kind of suck you in a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is it just me? Every once in a while, the TikTok 
account will be like, you've been on this for a while. <laughs> Maybe get up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, okay. It doesn't, it hasn't happened very often, but then it, it shames me. <laughs> uh, well, I know what sometimes when I'm responding in comments, if I'm responding, it will only let me respond to so many. If I'm just like in a mode of responding to a ton of comments at once, it'll go, yeah, you're responding too fast. You need to take a break. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like, but that's like hot. after a few hundreds of comments or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But it is, it's a really cool way to get like a bit of information quickly. It kind of, you know, a lot of people use Instagram for the same way. Um, but with stories, you have these 15 minute or 15 minute, 15 second, maybe 30 second clips. And it can be kind of disjointed or you can go for long periods with TikToks. It's really, it forces you to do it in this quick time period. And some people do part twos, but I think it, it's a, um, it's really like a great way to limit it. Instagram came out with reels, which is supposed to be similar, but the time is smaller. And so I find that like, it's not as it, it can be entertaining, but like for the educational stuff, it doesn't have the amount of time that you can get on TikTok um, and, and really right. utilize that. So I, I like it as a quick educational source. It is nice. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's been interesting to be on there and to see it, you know, continue to transform into more educational stuff. And really the algorithm will just show you what you want to see. There's, yeah. you know, something in, in most different topics and industries and stuff on there. So it's pretty interesting. And it's very interesting. So quick, because it's only, you know, most videos are only at most a minute long. Uh, it's you can very quickly see the algorithm start to take hold. It's like you, if you start watching a certain kind of content, um, all of a sudden you'll find yourself getting yes. fed more and more of yeah. that content. There, which, for those yeah. who haven't used it, they're so, you know, um, that's kind of their, their, where they're really good is on your, you know, for you page where they show you people that you're not following. It's great because you're gonna, it's kind of like an echo chamber, but it's, it's very good at giving you things that are similar to what you've watched, but I find that it still broadens my horizons. And I like that because, um, you know, on, on some of the other platforms for those kinds of pages where it's trying to show me other things I might like, don't send, tend to resonate as well. And TikTok does a very good job of that. Um, and they're good at being, you can say, I don't know, I'm, I'm not interested in this, so it will go away. But, um, yep. yeah, anyway, I don't, we're not, we're not training about TikTok. Yes, sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So there, so there is a point to me asking, I, I want people to sort of understand kind of what it is. Cause there's a lot of people who have no idea that TikTok, what, what is this talking about? So what was it that drew you to it? Uh, and what is the benefit that you think you're getting out of it? Uh, so the reason why I got on TikTok in the first place is from a guy named Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm -hmm. if you've heard of him at all. <clears throat> a lot of people have. Uh, he's using just social media. A while back, last year, he was pushing TikTok like crazy and, and probably still does here and there. Um, but he just said, TikTok's going to be huge. That's a good social media platform to be on. <laughs> so I had been wanting to be on social media in a, in a bigger way, YouTube, that sort of thing. Just hadn't really pushed it. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try TikTok. That looks interesting. So I just engulfed a bunch of content on there and then just started posting videos on September 2nd of last year, 2019. And so that's how, what I, that's how I initially got started and interested in it. That's cool. 
And what would you say you are, what's the benefit that you as a self-storage owner are getting out of it? So it doesn't benefit my business as much, like as far as like people calling and going and wanting to rent out units. I've never rented out a unit from TikTok. I've had a couple people ask what sizes, you know, when they figure out the actual locations and area, Uh, but it doesn't benefit my individual business because that's so local i'm not selling a product um but what benefits me is that i'm trying to build a you know my brand me personally and get who i am out there and it allows me to continue to grow in the self-storage industry um more people get to know me i'm able to share information i'm able to it's, it's more self-centered and self-focused in the way that it's more around me um, and what I'm doing, but I'm also able to make a bigger impact on other people and just share and just document, here's what the self-storage industry is like, at least at my facilities. And there's, and you know, it's going to be similar at other facilities. And so it allows people that have, one are interested in getting into self-storage or just have never seen any things. It can be a very entertainment and educational information. And so that's something I've always wanted to do. That's a different goal of mine is to be able to share and teach and that sort of thing more. And so that's more of what it allows me to do. Gotcha. Uh, would you say you have, do you envision it ever getting to the point where it allows you uh, better access to capital through uh, drawing investors to you? I would think so. Um, I'm building a personal resume as well. So that would be partly how it would help grow my self-storage brand is that people can see, okay, he does do the work day to day. He knows what he's doing. He's changed processes. He's created systems. And so he knows how to run a facility. Therefore, he knows how to take care of my money. Therefore, I'm more inclined. And I've seen his face more and more people know him. And so that, yeah, that's a, a wide goal too, that I'll be able to network um, hopefully with more people. I've never met you before and we connected through TikTok um, and it's opened up more opportunities in, in, in that way. And so, yeah, I would say that that is a, a possibility as well. Yeah. Well, and we, you know, we've experienced the same thing. I mean, we, I've had people reach out to me from all over the world uh, who hear, who I've never met before. They've only heard my voice on a podcast and, and they'll jump on the phone call with me and talk about storage or whatever, you know, uh, talk about real estate, talk about burr investing, you know? Um, and for me, you know, the old school kind of way of networking in real estate was RIA meetings, you know, get together, local RIA, go there, you know, every when every second Wednesday of every month you go and network with a bunch of people. Well, you know, I, I got a full-time job and a family and a son and you've got a family, uh, you know. I don't have time to go to, of course, COVID now. We wouldn't go to millions at all. But <laughs> right. even then, I didn't, I didn't have time to, you know, to go to many of these meetings. Um, and so for me, this is really just a way for me to network with other people like you. But then it also gathers other people around, you know, around that, um, that I wouldn't necessarily otherwise meet and don't have the time to, to go to a meeting and meet. Right. Yeah. 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 You see that firsthand with your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great way. Cause the, the RIA is also, you know, that's really localized to one place. And for us, we don't want to invest where we live. It's not the right market for us, generally speaking. So, you know, meeting people here, it can, you know, they can have contacts, contacts, or, you know, they might be, um, they might have money, what have you, but it really, um, 
it, it reduces, it, it's not as good for us. Um, and so having that bigger, more, you know, national or worldwide availability to being able to network with people, um, is a really great benefit of social media in general. Um, and, and it's neat to see that being transferred to, to TikTok, which was not, I, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like because of COVID, the educational piece of TikTok and some of these more um, not about dancing or, um, you know, some pure entertainment stuff have really been uh, being able to um, grow a lot more because people can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure YouTube and TikTok have both gotten a huge boost in that. Uh, education as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a good friend of ours who uh, uh, is in real estate, um, but had lost his job at the beginning of the COVID ep- epidemic. And he started a YouTube channel and he's doing fantastic. I mean, in the span of six months, he's now earning over $10,000 a month in, um, in revenue off of advertising. And, wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it, so it's, you know, it's interesting that it's, um, I don't know that, that we're going to have huge long-term changes to the world, you know, from COVID, but at least in this moment, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interesting changes that have come about from it. Yeah, yeah that's, very, that's very true. <laughs> okay. All right, so back to storage uh, while we finish up here. So when you got started, uh, when you decided, all right, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do storage. Uh, what was, what do you think was the key piece of information that you had to learn how to do that's allowed you to be successful? Probably how to operate correctly. I've learned a lot of things with operating over the past few years. Um, that has <laughs> been an immense thing, knowing the laws and knowing how to operate correctly. Um, and that will make a difference in your business. Gotcha. Uh, any unexpected frustrations, uh, on that first facility? (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always things, uh, one time just blatantly, I, I, I mixed the units around on what was supposed to get rid of and what wasn't. And so got rid of, started to get rid of a person's units of stuff, contents, thinking that they had moved out and it was done and end up having to pay uh, a bit of some money to help compensate the loss of some of their stuff and get the rest of their stuff returned. So that was a uh, pain in the, <laughs> that was a frustration. So, yeah. <laughs> so be, be very careful about your lean laws and your, uh, and which units that you're, uh, renting out. <laughs> yeah. That happened early on. I've never made that mistake again. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, not sure why that came through. Because you don't have your phone on airplane <laughs> mode or do not disturb, do not disturb. You have to put it on do not disturb. Um, <laughs> so obviously we discussed um, you You currently invest uh, within, what's your the furthest uh, away that uh, a facility is from you right now? Uh, that would be about an hour. It's about an hour away. Okay. Uh, and then you said you are looking, you are, you know, once you start looking again, you are going to start looking uh, at facilities that are out of state that are further away. Correct. Yeah. We, the, the two that we sold recently were out of state. <clears throat> and so we look out of state. We also look in state. 
it just really depends on where's the deal at as well and where I feel comfortable on investing in it all. There's a lot of factors that will go into it, but yeah, I'm looking at in-state and out-of-state. Gotcha. And are you still focusing sort of in a more of a regional mode, Northwest United States, or are you going all over the country? Right now I'm in Northwest, um, probably will stay on the Western side right now, but I'm not opposed to the Eastern side. And I look, uh, um, all across the United States. So, yeah. 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 What does a typical like week look, do you have another job or is this your primary? This is all I do. <laughs> Essentially. I mean, I do social media. TikTok, yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Time, right. <laughs> and so I consider that as part of it. But, uh, but yeah, my day to day, uh, is that's what I do is I run these storage facilities and I make sure they operate correctly and do all the ins and outs. Awesome. Uh, what, what, aside from the TikTok, uh, let's separate that out. What does a day in the life look like for someone who's managing three facilities like yours? So that would be, uh, we take phone calls, nine 30 to five 30. So phone calls come in and out throughout that. If I'm in the office, people can come in. Um, otherwise I'm also on the properties and we have to sweep and clean out units, make sure that's all prepared and make sure trash is picked up on the properties, make sure landscaping is taken care of. Um, I also am remodeling one of our facilities right now. And so we'll do those types of different projects. So it's project managing the contractors that are coming through there, um, taking payments, man, you know, running payments, going to the bank. That's not every single day. Um, but those are a lot of just the, the day-to-day tasks that we're, you know, go in and out of. So, uh, how many hours a week would you say you're, you're devoted to it? I mean, it's a full-time job. Yeah, we do. I, you know, I take phone calls and do all that Monday through Saturday. Um, and so easily 60, 70 hours, something like that a week. Gotcha. Um, and if you were to, um, take off for a month. Do you have, do you have an idea of what you would, what sort of systems and processes you would need to put in place in order to allow you to do that? Yep. I used to be a lot more not on the property. And so basically I would just bring in, if I had to do that right now today, I would bring in an assistant manager and I would hire them for a certain amount of money. Um, and I would have them just do that, what the, was needed for in-person tasks. And I would go away and I could take phone calls where I am remotely. If I had to subside all of that, then I would just bring a manager in to do those sorts of things. But if it was just, I couldn't be there physically, then I could do that fairly quickly because I've already done that before. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you have a last question? I do not. Okay. Fraser Robinson, thank you so much for sharing with us today on the road to family freedom. If any of our listeners want to reach out to you and find out more about you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, that's a great question. You can always DM me on TikTok or Instagram. You can also text me on my community number. Um, and that's a three, six, zero, two, two, six, eight, one, two, three. Um, you can text me directly that way as well. Awesome. Okay. We'll have all that right. all in the show notes. All right. Have a great rest awesome. of your day. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Thank you. Okay. That was Fraser Robison from TikTok. Uh, if you've never been to TikTok, <laughs> uh, now's your chance to go check it out. And his handle is Fraser, R-E-I. Uh, Fraser's he, with a Z. Fraser with a Z. That's correct. And he's got some really amazing 
uh, self storage content on there. And it's, it's bite size. It's no more than a minute long on each one. Uh, you get to see some of the wonderful, uh, things that, uh, a, uh, self managing self storage owner has to put up with, um, mm-hmm. spiders and needles and nerf guns, nerf guns. Um, so check it out. Highly recommend it. Awesome. So did you come away with a key lesson learned on this? Um, I think, you know, I think that just sort of getting started was a a theme for him and, um, you know, finding that property and not worrying about the money, um, before you, before you purchase, but for him, it was just kind of get started, learn what he needed to know to purchase that first facility. And then, you know, figure out how to run it while he was running it. Um, and you know, he made some mistakes obviously, but he did his research enough that he was able to be successful and he's made those changes and figured out how to continue to be, um, be successful. And I, I just, there's something to say for, for, you know, just doing it, hop in. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to copy yours. You uh, just hop in. I'm just going to hop in. Add some more flavor. Yeah. Again, like we said, is that so many people spend so much time trying to, yours truly, I, I, I do too. Uh, a lot of people do this, which is you you feel like you need to know everything before you get started. Uh, and so you'll sit there and you'll plan and you'll plan and you'll plan and you'll learn and you'll then you'll learn some more and then you'll plan some more mm-hmm. and then you never really take action. And you're going to learn so much more from trying something and doing it wrong than you will from trying to read a book or listen to a podcast about how to do it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Just get out, get out there and do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you really are anxious about it, then that's the time to find a mentor or a partner or someone that you can do this with. Um, but again, you have to get started because nothing's going to happen unless you work on it. Yep. All right. Awesome. All right. So, um, how did he acquire his knowledge? He, uh, he went to the ISS show in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is a big, Mm -hmm. uh, self-storage convention here. Uh, it's not obviously going on right now. Uh, it was canceled this last spring. Hopefully it will be back this next spring, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, and he also just learned by doing, Mm uh, and he said the main thing that he had to learn how to do was operations. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the the bulk of, of what he's had to learn how to do just the day-to-day operations and dealing with, um, renting and managing his facility. He particularly said like, look at the laws, um, and kind of make sure that you're up on that for where you're at. Um, and I think that's, you know, that really is with storage, the operations is really like, obviously that's how you have a business in you know, in general, but, um, that's where a lot of times you're increasing the value of the facility is by, um, making those operations better, whether it's, you know, um, kiosks or putting in a gate or security or the actual like rental process or what have you. Um, that's where you're going to make your money typically. Well, and it's an important lesson to remember that self-storage is not just real estate. It is also a business and, uh, and you need to treat it as such. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, money. Do you remember how much money it took him to get started? Um, so his brother, 
he and his brother put down 25% on 1.1 million. And he said that he put in 19,500 of that 25%. Yep. Uh, but again, he, you know, he, a point he made is, um, stop worrying about having the money, um, before you find the facility, go out and find the facility. If it's a deal, the money will come. Uh, and I think that's, that's a, a key lesson. That's another key lesson learned. Yes. Yes. It's, um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I concur. Doctor. <laughs> All right. So how much time does he spend on? This is a full-time job. He's self-managing three self-storage facilities. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's certainly, I think uh, they're working on, um, building their own in-house management system uh, and things will probably get smoother for him. And I think he will eventually get to the point of being able to hire an assistant manager and be able to work a little bit more uh, on his business rather than in his business. But mm -hmm. for the time being, uh, this is a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. But he seems to love it. Uh, yeah. He seems to enjoy it and it's, it's, uh, he's, he's going at his pace. So, um, all right. So could he do this from anywhere in the world? I would say, I would say not right now. Um, I, I certainly think that uh, self-storage is the kind of thing that you can do once you have the systems up and in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not there yet. Um, he said that if he, he could hire someone right now, if it was something that he yeah. wanted or needed to do. So at least he's got enough of it in place that he could hire that out. It just doesn't make sense probably financially or what have you at this time. It's not the best choice for them. So, um, but it can be done if you have the right, the right things. Yep. So. Okay. Once again, that was Fraser Robison from TikTok. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying it like that. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. At uh, Fraser REI. Fraser REI on TikTok. <laughs> Stop it, old man. <laughs> Okay. Love you. Uh, love you. Uh, that was for you, not the audience. Oh, okay. We love you too. Uh, we're doing this all again next week. Let's hit the road. Bye. Hey, before you go, if you like the show, we would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review. And do let us know why you like the show, how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining. And let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, if you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at roadtofamilyfreedom.com and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels. I'm glad we're recording. So a, that you can. I'm not, I'm not, it's going to end up on YouTube. Great. <laughs>